Welcome to Feel Good Sports. It is the second episode of 2023 and there's heaps going on at the moment. We're going to be talking about some cricket later. We're going to be talking some NRL, but we're going to kick off with some soccer. Kick it off. Cup of Nations. So the Cup of Nations is starting this week. It's uh, kicking off on Thursday. So the Cup of Nations, for those who don't know, it's an invitational that's hosted in Australia for nations. This year, Australia are hosting Jamaica, Spain and the Czech Republic. Also, we're kicking off with Spain and Jamaica, then Australia are playing the Czechs. It's a World Cup year. So the interest in this tournament is probably a little bit different than it would be in any other year. Yeah, it's all about building in to the World Cup. Absolutely. Uh, It's going to be really good to Sam Kerr's in the country as well as uh, a whole host of uh, Matildas who are primarily playing overseas. There aren't that many Australian-based Tillies anymore. No, it's really shifted that landscape, which is not a bad thing. I think it sort of is part of where the A-League for men and women, but especially women, sits in that it's a, a ground to get noticed for overseas opportunity Yeah, in, in regards to earning and being a money-earning football player for women. And then, you know, so you use... You know, Sam Kerr's obviously the the greatest export we have in in the female game at this stage. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good to just start to feel the love build for yeah. the Matildas and the interest start to build because we're coming off the back of summer. We've got the Indian Test series going on, so cricket's still there, and there's plenty of other cricket stuff to talk about, which mm. we will get to. But we're just starting shift into a football code. Yeah, we have our AFL and NRL just literally yeah. around the corner. So, and we've we also so the Matildas haven't played since the end of last year in Australia either. So, it'll be nice to actually kind of like centre that back here so that we can start getting our minds in that space as well as a fandom. And I think everyone needs to go in with the idea of our fandom can promote how good our players are because, again, Sam Kerr gets left off a FIFA shortlist situation. Unbelievable. And (laughs) I just – Would she score 22 – or is it already over 22 goals in the season? It's over 22, yeah. It's a massive bee in my bonnet, right? Um, So, okay, so Spain are part of this uh, Cup of Nations, but they're not fielding 15 of their best players in their squad at the moment because of basically an ongoing dispute with their coach, Jorge Vilda, right? And so they have um, – these 15 players basically have made themselves unavailable for selection due to concerns about player um, mental and physical well-being under – Jorge Vilda, right? So they're concerned um, about the negative environment and the kind of stresses that they're under at the moment and it's not conducive to good player health and a good environment. So they've made themselves unavailable. For the Cup of Nations and hoping... For selection, this has been going on for months. Wow. They made themselves unavailable for selection before um, the series against the US last year, right? Uh, Yeah, now I'm starting to remember. So it's actually a really, like it's a long... It's a long process at this stage and it's a really weird one to be looking at in uh, in a World Cup year particularly because the association has doubled down behind Vilda. So rather than supporting their players, they're supporting their coach. Whereas it's kind of swung the entirely other way with the US National League. Um, they're having a lot of stuff 
around the coaching and player abuses over there. And basically heaps of staff have been displaced because of it, whereas Spain have gone the other way and it's turned into this massive fight. And Alexia Puteas, who is arguably the best player in the world, I argue that she's not necessarily because she's been injured for most of the last year, yet still wins all of the awards. Anyway, so she's not playing at the moment, but she's come down on the side of the players. Obviously, that's her playing group. How is this going to unravel as the World Cup comes up? Well, and it's not the only storyline around this World Cup that as much as you and I are excited about the fact that it's the Tillies and at home and having the, the crowds just get around our local superstars, there's there's that. There's the Spain there's thing, then Canada. there's the Canada thing. Then there's Saudi touri- tourism sponsoring the FIFA World Cup. Right. So, so, so much is taking away from the World Cup that you're used to where you just like World Cup, everything is good. I don't bring and build. See, I think that's – I think we've kind of whitewashed World Cups in a way – um, up until basically the Qatar World Cup where it's kind of gone, no, this is clearly not okay. FIFA have, have had heaps of dirt brought up over the last couple of decades of going, actually, the way this, the way the funding works, the, the way um, the host nations and playing yeah, nations. The tendering process has always come with. It's always dodgy as heck. Asterisk, so why asterisk, are we asterisk. surprised that we have a Saudi, um, Saudi sponsorship issue with with the Women's World Cup when they've just had a World Cup in Qatar. Mm. It's bonkers. Anyway, so with the Canadian thing as well, so this this came up this week, um, the Canadian uh, soccer board has uh, actually just cut funding to I think a massive raft of Canadian women's um, soccer programs, right? And they're actually in the middle of a national training camp in the same way that the Tillies are. They're about to play the She Believes Cup with, the US, which is very much like a, a clash of the titans at the moment. Canada have had a ridiculous couple of years. They are close to being the team to beat and they've just cut their funding. And so the players um, wanted to uh, have a non-playing strike essentially and the organisation has said that that's unlawful and they're bringing, they threaten to bring legal action, which the players can't afford because Canada's soccer body has not paid them like they're not they haven't been paid for like the last year or something yet it's the idea of I will bring a unlawful suit down on your actions if you strike what about what about not paying (laughs) your players and so these things thankfully in a sense because it's a world cup year maybe they're coming to light for you and I like I love how much you're across all of this stuff and the passion you have for so many <laughs> sports over the past 12 to 18 months that has seriously grown um, exponentially but the detail behind this when you look at it and you just think what because have they cut any men's programs in Canada was it an overall I, cut you know what? I haven't or that's looked. one part I don't, wasn't sure yeah. about but either way it's not what you're used to when it comes to world cup years in the as you said there's usually the asterisks as to who's tendering we know with Qatar the, the dramas that went on there and the political landscape and the just difficulty in being able to discuss anything for journalists over there, journalists staying at home. It's a really scary environment to try and navigate your way through to make any sort of statement or report on. And again, it's happening now. You see that any players being interviewed, coaches, whether it's from the male program or the female program, uh, won't speak about the Saudi tourism connection yet because 
they just can't. They're, yeah. they're, they're sort of being like, we can't say anything. Yeah. The Players Association are trying to figure out what their role can be. You've got Canada. So that's another Players Association that's needing to work through what happens there. You cannot have your players wanting to strike as a way to try and deal with something and then obviously being held over the barrel of, all. Oh, then we'll charge you for all this money lost and then go, well, but hang on, you haven't even paid us. Like, all of that just is and so wrong in so many ways. And then the Spain part of it, again, you can't, we can't have a team come that's 15 people less of their strength. What we do, what's the solution, I don't have, but it does draw away from the fact that this should be an event, an event where the best are at play. You know, if someone injured, obviously you have those moments. The best facilities are on offer, the best resourcing is on offer, and the broadcasters do the best possible entertainment package. And we all go, Wow. Yet there's stories that are going to de- take, distract from the wow. Yeah. Speaking of the wow, there are going to be some really great Australian players to keep an eye out for over the Cup of Nations. Hit so, me. Um, Caitlin Ford's in really good form. Uh, so sh- she's been making goals. Also, Mary Fowler, heaps of uh, heaps of striking possibility. She's young. She's really fresh. She's um, in her first season over in the UK. So she's having a really good one really quick rise for Fowler also someone who has had a really quick rise but is still in Australia's Courtney Vine so she's still based um at Sydney FC she's been one of their kind of main contributors to their back-to-back premierships over the last two seasons um and she's phenomenally fast she's one of my favorite players to watch at the moment because she just moves so quickly and with like such fluidity she's really entertaining to watch so if you are going to watch some cup of nations games have a look at the younger players who are kind of emerging there's a really great um abc article you can find it on the abc website by samantha lewis on courtney vine and her kind of really fast rise over the last year so she was only capped last year and being that she's still in Australia, you'll have seen her face on the World Cup kind of launch events and stuff like that. So she's really exciting to watch too. Um, also, we've got kind of Alana Kennedy back in the country. As I said, Sam Kerr, we've got heaps of great players to watch. It's going to be a fun tournament to watch either way. But um, seeing what the Czechs can do and Jamaica as well. Spain's still second string, but it's still going to be good contest Challenge. and important for, for the Tillies to get those those pitch minutes too. Let's move on to NRL. You're going to have to jump in with this because, as you know, rugby is not my thing. <laughs> no, you call it rugby straight away. Um, so NRL Rugby League. Uh, what, did, what do you mean I call it rugby straight away? Rugby is, it not is union. Rugby? rugby League. Yeah. If, if I you don't just say understand. Rugby, rugby is rugby union. That's the short term for rugby union. So you can't say rugby and it refer to rugby league? No, not in my world. <laughs> Why? Okay, we're going to have to get in. We'll do a bonus episode where you teach me about rugby it's and a, I'm it's, just it's like outraged. It's because I'm outraged. from the East Coast. So for me, I grew up, football was NRL, was league. Which is here, ridiculous. It's, AFL. it's not football, it's handball at <laughs> best. <laughs> That's, well, AFL has handball in it, so... I don't even think of AFL as football. In my mind, I have to remember to call soccer soccer because my granddad, who was the person who instilled in me a near religious love of of soccer, uh, is from was from Northern England, so it was always football. But yeah, long story short, it was it's league, it's union because the rugby part confuses people. League, it's league, 
Yeah, you fine. Mean, and if for Tell some reason you said rugby, it always league. meant rugby. <laughs> so in the rugby league, in the rugby league, there's actually been dramas because, again, there's the collective Drama. bargaining collective bargaining agreements for all players just always seems to get delayed, big issues. The season is weeks away. But in pretty good news in the sense for NRLW, there's been some confirmation. So it appears to be an agreement. So Code Sports were reporting on an agreement with the financial details for the NRLW for the next five years. There's policies for pregnancy and parental leave. So that was one of the the sticking points. There's a salary cap that's just under a million dollars for this year and then it goes up to over 1.5 by 2027. So it's starting to grow, which is great. A minimum wage of 30000 which will by the time 2027 comes around will be just under 51000 as a minimum wage. So little things that are starting to go, this is good. If you're a 15-year-old and you love your rugby league, the game is going to be in better hands by the time you get there. It's going to be in a better place. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's going to be different squad sizes are funded. This one is interesting. Every club to be funded with a designated welfare officer. It's got an asterisk on it, so I guess – the way it works is to be con- confirmed. But even little things like that, I think we're learning now how important yeah. outside of just the coaching, the strength and conditioning areas. It's are, kind of one welfare. of those. So it's good news that we're starting to head into somewhere with some some clarity for NRLW players because there was zero clarity last week. Which I suppose is why these collective bargaining agreements take so long is because you really need to get it right because we can see the consequences of it not being right in 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 other sports in other countries. The thing with Spain it's not worth having those moments of having an entire player group boycotting major events just because you haven't managed to get the balance right for their well-being. Mm-hmm. So and, and also we've, we've seen it in South Africa leading up to the World Cup with Dane van Niekerk as well. So we want we it to take as long as it takes to get it right, but it is frustrating to get so close to – it happened as well with AFLW last year where we got so close to the season and we were like, when is it What's starting? What's happening? happening? What, is people, what are people getting paid? So it's really exciting that it's happening. Also really exciting that it's happening for even NRL, which for me is kind of like not even a – a sport, a sport that is, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's not a sport. It's not a sport that's in my main vision. Like yeah. it's kind of peripheral to me, but it's really exciting that it's happening there too, because it is still important to see that there's a career path there now too. Is, it's, it's really exciting. It's really exciting from the sense that, you know, cricket's been there and, and gone through that a bit further ahead of the others, but it was a huge moment in AFLW when that cr- came through and you had this idea of, you know, when I was at – you spoke to so many people now, probably in my age bracket, who will go back and go, wow, if this was my life when I was 12 and I didn't have to give up the sport that I was playing because you weren't allowed to play with the boys anymore and there was no female pathway. That conversation has shifted for 12-year-olds now across if they've got a love for cricket, a love for AFL, a love for NRLW, a love for soccer. Yeah, those that, that conversation shifted so much. So – in my lifetime, I probably can't do it justice to the changes. I must say one of the things that we do have to talk about, and I've meant to mention when you're talking about Spain, Australia's – we're not perfect. We know that. Yeah, definitely. The, the Shane Hill situation for the Sydney Flames in the WNBL, um, the Sydney Flames have confirmed that he was stood down amid bullying allegations. Yeah. So that's that similar thing of what's going on coach to player, player to coach. You were talking about the Spain situation. This has been weirdly – 
smoke and mirrored for about a month yeah. or longer. So that's what I mean. Like we can't sit here and go, Australia never get these things wrong. Cause no, we do. There's a great example of, of where for some reason it was like heels out, he's not coaching today, personal reasons, whatever. And then it just kept going every week. No one would comment about and we've, it. We've got, we've got also like allegations against staff um, from previous Olympic swimming squads and all of this kind of thing. And it often it comes out like a decade later. So it's yeah. actually great that it's happening and, and there's actually action right now because it, it changes what's acceptable for the future to have it addressed now and to see the consequences of those actions as it stands says that the landscape is changing. So those mistakes are made everywhere. But the important thing is how they're dealt with yeah. and how, how the players are treated and what the consequences look like so that we don't go back there. There's got to be lessons learned from this. So, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting one because I feel like it's been very – let's not talk about the Shane Heal situation. So it's just starting to get reported on at the moment, I think even as of this morning, some more news coming out about it. All right. So none of that really uh, makes us feel good, it does doesn't, it? It doesn't quite hit the feel-good sports um, <laughs> What, we, what have we done? We got, we got serious, but yeah. we are excited for the Cup of Nations. So excited the underlining for the Cup of Nations. <laughs> really good stuff for NRL coming up. You're going to have to teach me more about that. Um, let's will. move on to something that we're unashamedly always super excited about uh, – T20 World Cup in South Africa. Oh, I've just put away my notes, even though I have notes specifically for all of the results. Let's do this. <clears throat> this I need to – I'm going to leave this with you. <laughs> I know. You usually do the results. I'm, no, I'm, and I'm waiting I'm, for yours. I'm going to sit back and enjoy this. Yeah. So the tournament kicked off in, on Friday with South Africa and Sri Lanka playing a relatively close opening match, but the hosts were disappointed. Sri Lanka uh, walked away, won by three runs, right? <laughs> And I texted you after this to be like, hey, is there some kind of curse? Because when Australia hosted the World Cup a few a couple of years ago, 2020, they also lost their opening match. Yeah, to India. In and I time. think in the previous World Cup, who was hosting that? New Zealand hosted the 50-over World Cup and I think they might have lost their first game. Far out. It's not a good time to host. Don't host a World Cup and expect to win your first opening. Um, So on Saturday, we saw England win by seven wickets over the West Indies, chasing down 138 in the 15th over. Smashed it. Brutalised that, Nat Siva, we're looking at you. Nat Siva Brunt. No, my bad, Nat NSV. Siva Brunt. <laughs> then we saw Australia unleash a total nightmare scenario on New Zealand, winning by 97 runs. Mm. That match also did not reach a 16th over. Mm. I have, have big thoughts. <laughs> we have big a lot feelings. of thoughts. On Sunday, India won over Pakistan by seven wickets, chasing down 126 in convincing fashion. And the story of that match being Jemima, Jemima Rodriguez finally putting her foot down and knocking 53 off 38, which I'm excited about. Love Rodriguez. You do. Sri Lanka helped themselves to a second tournament win. Stop it. Over Bangladesh, I know, Sri, Sri Lanka. Adipadu would have the biggest grin on her face. Yeah. Uh, do you know on her was, 50 celebrations was, when she gets a 50 or, <clears throat> or 100, so a milestone moment with the bat, she raises the bat and then she taps it on her back on her name? Oh, really? Yeah, that, that's She's, who I am. It's such a boss I movie. love Adipadu and she had a really feisty um, – she gave a warning to Jotty of Bangladesh – for a non-striker's end run out. Jotty was stepping out of her crease. Adipatu pulled up and just knocked over, just knocked over the wicket. And she just, the face. Stare down. Oh, it was such a brutal face. And it was a solid, 
who the F do you think you are? <laughs> Back in that crease, please. And it was such a good moment. And the commentary, I think Katie, Katie Martin was like, oh, this could be out. And she just gave that face, turned around and walked back. That's a solid warning. That's a really solid warning. <laughs> we all know what just happened. <laughs> anyway, England stomped on Ireland's good mood. Having won their warm-up against Australia, it got totally demolished. England chased down 195 in the 15th, won by four wickets. And the most recent result was... Really disappointing, I think, for us. South Africa taking New Zealand down last night, winning by 65 runs. New Zealand were all out in the 19th after making just 67. New Zealand. So I know in last podcast I said, you know, I wouldn't be, I guess, unhappy if Australia don't lift the trophy. If it happened to be New Zealand, I wouldn't be unhappy. Yeah, you said the window seemed to be closing for them and you were hoping for good things. I think the window has actually been shut and Divine and Bates and Tahu who have, have been trying to like force it open. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's done. No, nah, it's, and it it's clearly time for, for a rebuild. I heard a really interesting interview with Nat Fife during the week where he spoke of his mental and depression and anxiety issues eventually manifesting in injuries. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it sort of got reported post it saying all of these injuries meant that he – went down a, a darker path mentally. Was he, I, I feel he was saying, no, it was the other way. I, I, I got I in agree. a bad I space and it went too. this way. Yeah. It sort of clicked boxes to me for Divine in that I, she's all of a sudden been carrying injury after injury after injury after injury. And I just feel like there's a twofold for her. She just does not look like she's in a well place. Physically, obviously, we're seeing that. She was in a moon boot for the month prior to the World Cup apparently. Okay. WBBL, she limped through that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's stuff connecting yeah. in that I reckon over a period of time is now manifesting itself physically for her. Bates is just needs to play straight. If you're listening, Batesy, play straight, hit down the ground, stop trying to hit it so square, take two steps down the wicket and bosh it like you can do, please. So, so New Zealand, not having a happy time, we no. are not really expecting anything from them at this stage. They're at the, sitting at the bottom of the table of Group 1 and the thing is, is the two losses have been – Huge. Huge. Look, they'd have to beat Bangladesh, have to beat Sri Lanka and have to beat them massively and hope that other things happen, I guess. And the thing but is, I just don't Sri Lanka, look at them, they're flying. Really great. Well done. Loving it. Mm. I was pleased that South Africa did pull it around in this game over New Zealand. Just a bit sad that New Zealand got so thoroughly smacked. Yeah, they, just, they did get smacked. You're right. It's hard to watch because... I just love uh, individual players within that team. I really enjoy watching and Agreed. I just don't get to see him play. So that's my sad sackness for yeah. it. However, awesome from Australia to do what they did. They lost Beth Mooney early and it didn't even matter. Off they went. Um, Perry again, just 40-odd you know, off 20-odd balls. Healy was back. It was, I think it was literally 40 off 22. Yeah, and Shooter after f- first ball five wides – then clean, cleans up Bates and Divine in the first over. So it's, it's the old, solid. you know, yeah. cliche of shooter goes bang, bang. It's great. Um, and then Ash Gardner gets five for 12 or whatever it was. It was exactly five for 12 there you go. in so, three overs. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm destroying your notes, aren't I? Go. No, no, go no. Again. These aren't notes. I'm oh. No, I'm not okay. looking at notes at this stage. Thank you. But no. So, yes, go. Australia. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Do you know what, though? I have to say, when we had a discussion about this last week, you asked me – 
who I thought was going to win. And I said I was hoping that India could do good things, which I think they're still looking great. That's fine. Particularly with Rodrigues bringing it. They've rested Mandana for the first um, their first game, which is fine. She's got a finger thing. We'll look forward to Mandana doing her thing soon. Really exciting to see Rodrigues stepping up because she's had, a, I would say, a run of poor form. Yep. And she's she's fair. got such potential as a big hitter. So it's really nice to see that coming out now. Also, Shafali Verma had a really solid performance uh, as well in that in that Sunday match. I have to say, England look terrifying. Do you think so? I think so. What what screams terrifying? Is it Capsi? Who else? I, I don't it's, know where the terrifying is other than NSB and Capsi at the moment. But NSB and Capsi are enough. Okay. No? Fair. Also, Lauren Bell's had really good form and also Sophie Eccleston. <laughs> oh, of course. How can I think about Eccleston? Of course. Like She's Sophie, always a danger. So you have Eccleston, you have Lauren Bell on really good pace at the moment. I, I just think they look damaging. They're both games they've played. They've taken out their chase within 15 overs. Although this, the, the Ireland one, mm. they still lost six or seven wickets they chasing a low seven, total. Yeah, so, that's right. And, and Ireland were able to score 40-something in their power play. Yeah. So there was a couple of elements to that game that I went, well, you still dominated it absolutely, but I reckon if I have to critique, where, where are we at with those things? But that's only trying to find somebody to critique. Realistically, England should coast into the semifinals. They haven't had to play more than three quarters of their batting innings for both games so far. It's it's a lot. Wrapping up a chase in 15 overs. It's very dominant. It's dominant. But I'm stoked about it. I want I want to see them being dominant because I want them to like I think their shirt Australia. looks very good too. Their shirt, their shirt looks great. But it should be England and <clears throat> India that will go through from group two. Yeah, weirdly can't. Group one seems a bit more up in the air. It does right now. So you think <laughs> Australia only playing the one game um, so far, but you always think world champions, their success, you sort of think they're going to be one or two, yeah, probably sure. one. So it's a fight for the second spot, and which I always thought would be between South Africa and New Zealand. But right now Sri Lanka is like, hello, do not forget about me. <laughs> Farah, I'm, I'm stoked I'm here for Sri Lanka. Yep. I love that. Yeah. The passion there is great. So the World Cup's delivering. Shame about the times just selfishly for us. It is a bit tough. Yeah, I haven't. Thank God for KO minis and just KO in general, being yeah. able to hit the replay button and have a good wander through. I was kind of like, it's fine. The last, I, I stayed up for like the 100 and all of that kind of thing. But I was, I had just had a baby and I was breastfeeding all the time. Yeah, so you weren't really staying up. I wasn't you staying had up. To I was be just up. like having a baby. And now it's, it's too hard. <laughs> so I'm, I'm watching it on replays when I'm doing housework in the morning and stuff. So really exciting. I'm really, really pleased to see Sri Lanka challenging as hard as they are. I'm really pleased to see some really good totals from from the kind of less dominant nations. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be really fun. I did enjoy Ireland having a moment at that start where their batters exciting. took it to England and they just didn't have the depth of their lineup no, to keep yeah. it going. Yeah. But that's that's good signs. Yeah, I me. think so. I and enjoyed that. They've they've also just they've all just also just rolled out a bunch of contracts, haven't they? Like 22 contracts. Yeah. So that's really exciting for um Irish cricket that there's there's a pathway and it's exciting and they're having an impact at the World Cup. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. So uh we've got Australia playing Bangladesh tomorrow morning, 1am. 
I am not going to stay up for it. We'll be watching a replay. 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 Uh, we'll be back here next week. Uh, maybe here. I don't know. <laughs> the, exci- the excitement, it's too much. It's, we've, it is too much. We've, we've gotten kind of, overwhelmed. We've gotten overwhelmed. We need to get back into whelmed. We need to get, we need to reel it back into whelmed. Okay, so we've got <laughs> Australia and Bangladesh. We've got Cup of Nations starting. We'll be watching the Australian girls, both cricket and soccer. We'll be back again next week. Laters. Laters. Laters.